0: Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's 2019. I'm James Rushton. That's Danny Raza. We're back to speak about Villa. And well, they're still being Villa, aren't they, Danny? Absolutely. It is tradition for Aston Villa to go on a
1: poor run around about Christmas and the New Year. We never do get good Christmas presents as Aston Villa fans. I can't remember the last time that we went on a good run. Uh, certainly now Villa are suffering from a bad run. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into a really long one, though. Uh, That's what we've got to hope for. Uh, And let's just uh, keep our uh, hands on the table here and just hope that we we go on a Steve Bruce-like
0: massive win streak this season. Yeah, he was quite a streaky manager, wasn't he? But um, first things first, um, wishing you all a happy 2019 and hope you had a good holiday season, whatever you were doing over that period. We had a little break, and uh, so we missed out on a run of fixtures. It was a loss against Leeds. Uh, a win against Swansea and then two draws against Preston and QPR. Um, so I don't think we want to go into that too much because everyone else already has, and we've you know dissected that a lot on Twitter and on the blog. Mm-hmm. So Danny, I just want to get your thoughts on that run in general. I think Leeds was the loss we were all looking at, but we beat Swansea, which away, which was a ma- kind of a big result, and then kind of two slightly deflating draws against QPR and Preston. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh. More Hulkcasts the better, of course. More content,
1: more content the better. But I'm not sure uh, we would have been raising many different points. Uh, the team's been making very, very similar errors over the past few weeks. What we've noticed is a decrease in the uh, attacking um, threat from Aston Villa. Uh, a real lack of goals. We've been going from scoring sort of three or four a game uh, back to sort of scoring. Just the one a game, really. I mean, in fact, as an average, uh, if you look over it, we're closer to about one goal a game uh, since the Leeds game, and we've had three, we've had five matches. Uh, what we've really seen is that lack of Jack Grealish really affecting the attack, and I think that's essentially what's led to this really poor run. We've had a really bad defensive. Uh, errors as well. Obviously, we had island in goal for the first few games, and then he got injured, meaning that the backup Mark Bunn, in fact, it wasn't Mark Bunn, Jed Steer, and newly recalled Jed Steer, um, played against Queen's Park Rangers. But essentially, every match has been a bit of a repeat, bar the 1-0 victory over Swansea. There's been a lot of goalkeeping errors, a lot of defensive errors, a um, left-back in Alan Hutton being dragged out of position, Ahmed el Mohamedi uh, giving away the ball in 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 really silly areas leading to, to well directly leading to to goals given against us. Uh and I think that's exactly what's happened here. Uh we, we've gone on a long run uh where we've only had the one victory against Swansea and we're just not scoring enough goals. We me and you James we sat here on the Hulk cast a few weeks ago and said look uh it doesn't matter that we're making so many defensive areas as long as we're scoring goals fact of the matter is, Jack Grealish going has affected us. 3-2 defeat to Leeds. 1-0 victory over Swansea, which is the one bright spark. Uh, but then the one all draw against Preston and the 2 all draw against QPR. Very deflating results.
0: I mean, we usually give out match balls, don't we? Each one. Each time um, a match is played and we review it on the whole cast. Um, but I think to give out one per match, well, three per match between the both of us, would be a lot of effort at this point, point. it would probably drag on for five minutes. And so, with that in mind, mate, that's I just twenty-four wa- balls, isn't it? That's a lot. It's a lot of balls. It's too many. It's yes, yeah, too many to this. Yeah, and this is not an X-rated podcast, so we won't be discussing that. But um, I just want one player who kind of stood out for you since Jack Grealish has gone down after the Stoke game. So we've got Leeds, Swansea, QPR, Preston. One player who stood out for you over those runner games oh it's got to be abraham it's got to be standard. because yeah
1: it's it's standard because the thing is whilst you know we we've been fighting a lot of losing battles in midfield and not really creating as many opportunities as we should be uh, he's been the only guy who's been doing his job to a to an basically to an elite level <laughs> he's he's the he's the guy who's who's been finishing when he's been asked to now the the issue has been that we're basically conceding a lot more opportunities than creating at the moment, and we're not a defensive side uh but yeah, Tammy Abraham's been there every single time, and you know he's still banging him in, so it's got to be Tammy Abraham for me. What about you
0: i I reckon Nyland would have a good shout. I really do saving the penalty against Swansea saved that's re imagine how how awful. It would have been to have conceded that penalty, knowing that you'd have drawn the next two games. He came up big against Preston as well, and I think he was like really. It looked like he was kind of turning the corner before he ripped his Achilles. So, if you don't know, our goalkeeper's out for until it looks like twenty twenty. Um, they've said with a, a ruptured Achilles, but he looked becoming almost decent and a safe pair of hands before that happened. And Jed Steer coming, of course, on New Year's Day, but I thought he was turning the corner, and he he was all right against Leeds. And then against Swansea, he saves the day. Against Preston, he looks a lot better. So for those three games, well, yeah, those those games, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have actually went for him. Uh, That's kind be... of Hurrahan, of course. Good shout.
1: Yeah, Hurrahan was a good shout as well. Um, Maybe do you throw one in there for James Chester for attempting to hold the defence
0: together by himself, almost? Or even, Yeah, or even James Bree for coming in at centre-back and right-back and doing the job. I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one. I mean, even in the bad time or the quote unquote bad times they had over Christmas, they weren't that horrific. They were just poor. And players still did stand out. Like you said, we can pick Nyland, Tammy Abraham, James Chester, Bree, we can and Horahan. We can still pick these players out and say, Hey, they, they did good. Which mm. is uh which is more positive than it would have been, I think, under the previous major. When we may have won that game against Leeds under Steve Bruce but we'd have definitely lost against Swansea and Preston.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. Um, And I think we would have lost to QPR as well under Steve Bruce, purely because the team aren't very, well, they weren't very good at coming back from a goal down. Um, But against against QPR, uh, Villa obviously did go down and, and come back from it. Now, I'd rather we come back and rescue a game than essentially just kind of go, well, sod it. It's... That's that's the change in attitude, and you're right. It's been bad. It hasn't been dreadful. I mean, it's been you know it has been poor. Don't get me wrong. Now, and obviously, when I know we haven't covered it yet, but the Swansea defeat was very very poor, um, as well. But you know, I, I, I we, we've gone from basically grabbing games from the scuff of their necks and essentially steamrolling teams and asserting our dominance on teams to always looking on the back foot. And that's been my problem over the last few runs of fixtures. We have always looked on the back foot. And when you've got such a shambolic defense, that's never a good sign. Villa's lacking some sort of grip on that attack at the moment. And that's all from Jack Grealish. And that's why it's worrying me and that's why it's actually um, a shame, uh, in my opinion, that uh, Dean Smith has essentially decided to to um, with to replace Jack Grealish with a defensive midfielder. I'm not using that as an attack against Glenn Whelan. What I'm saying is that tactically, Villa have gone from uh, essentially trying to run the attack against teams to uh, basically dropping one attacker. And I I don't think that's been working for us um because we've constantly looked on the back foot.
0: You have to agree. I think um Whelan's done all right. It's just he started all of those games. I believe I don't think I don't think he was dropped for any one of those games except QPR. Did so started
1: play QPR? Yeah.
0: Biarnison so did play against QPR. So Whelan coming as a sub against QPR, but Leeds, um, I believe it was Stoke Leeds. Preston, he's played those those games straight through. Mm. Stoke leads Boxing Day. Who is Boxing Day? Swansea. So he's played all of those games in quick succession as a defensive, an aging defensive midfielder. And he was he started off okay. His performances have dropped off like everyone else's. John McGinn as well? These players have started every single game. Yeah, exactly. Not, and he, John McGinn started the FA Cup game as well. Yeah. So if you look at it on the face of things, these same players. <laughs> Have quite literally dragged Villa through to the new year, and it and it is,
1: it is because I think Smith knows that if he was to drop any of these guys, that you've then got a a poor defence with an inexperienced, untried midfield in front of them, um, and he is almost looking at these guys as leaders to drag Villa through that period. And now, obviously, we've we've made it through that tough period, that tough Christmas period you know that uh that that cliche that uh that 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 every team is uh talks about and every uh premier league and championship manager complains about um, but you know it's 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 one of those things where you we can't be making the same excuses and can't be you know making an issue of these things by the end of january that's one thing um and the other thing is, uh, Dean Smith really, if he if, if he wants to show he's serious, he's going to have to give doc, give uh, opportunities to Be honest and Lansbury now.
0: Yeah, of course, Henry Lansbury coming back in after injury. He didn't have much rotation ability, did he? He wasn't going to trust Scott Hogan to take over for Tammy Abraham. Certainly wasn't going to trust a younger defender. Um, James Bree, of course, stepping in at centre back instead of anyone else, and he's a right back. It was a tough one because Villa didn't have a great deal of rotation options. They didn't. They had. If you wanted to rotate players, they had to look to the under 23s, which isn't an ideal scenario. But it's fine, you know, it's, especially when it's, it's getting that hectic. It's like you can't. Would you do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's better than than like here's here's the, here's the thing. Like, look against Swansea in the cup, right? I know, I know, we haven't really like thrown ourselves into that yet. I get Swansea in the cup, and I think like even even recently as well, right? We've seen Bree get shoved in at centre back, um, recently. But Alan Hutton got put in at centre back against Swansea.
0: Now, now actually, shall we go on? We'll go on to Swansea then. We'll go on to this because um, I think the first thing to speak about is Alan Hutton at centre back. Right. Exactly. Right.
1: So this is all incorporated in the bad bad run, right? So here's my thing with the Alan hunting. thing. You play him at centre back, but you know it doesn't work. You know we you you know me me, me and you know this uh. You know, uh, I think coaches at Villa probably know this. They probably look at Alan Hurt at the centre-back and think it's not quite ideal. You know, he plays at, at full-back. Uh, his, his positioning isn't his best game. You know, it's not, it's not his best attribute. Now, why put him there when we know it doesn't work? The option, in my opinion, or in my mind, or I think logically what you'd do is at least put an academy player in there who knows that position. Because at the very least, they're going to come out of that with some sort of an experience, and you can kind of look at it at the end of the day and kind of go, right, that's where you went wrong. This is where you need to improve upon. Uh, this is what you need to improve upon. It's no different. I mean, it's it's, it's better than putting an experienced player there that you know is not going to be a long-term replacement in that position, and you know does not have the attributes to play there. That's That was my issue with that. And I, I 100% would have said you put in Dominic Revan, who knows how to play centre-back and could gain from the experience. Yeah, OK, maybe he gets breezed by, by, uh, by Nathan Dyer or maybe he gets breezed by um, by Baker Richardson. But at least he comes out of that experience uh, in a better place. That did not help anybody doing that. And I think we need to stop putting people like Bree, putting people like Alan Hutton at centre-back because it's not a long-term solution. That's 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 what I feel. It's the same same thing I said about Jedinak.
0: When I saw the team sheet, I did think James Bree would be playing at centre back, which was in my mind the logical move considering he had been playing centre back. It's not like he'd not been playing there the, the previous week, but over the past couple of weeks he has been playing at centre back for Aston Villa. So in my mind, that's the move. Unless it's Revan, it's Bree with Alfic, because Chester's getting rested. If it's not um if it's not James Chester It's James Brie. If it's not James Bree, it's Dominic Revan. We didn't see that at all. We saw Alan Hutton at centre back. And like, he wasn't awful. It wasn't, it just wasn't right. And it wasn't stable. The Villa still had a a decent defence. It just got blitzed completely. Villa didn't look like the home team. Very much like when we went to play Swansea in the league like the week prior. They didn't, Swansea didn't look, look like the home team in their patch. We blitzed them mm. and we got the win. Yeah, but you know, coming to Villa Park and doing that to us, it did feel like revenge. Because look, we beat him in the league twice under Dean Smith, and then we just got slaughtered at home. Is, it didn't I feel
1: like a surprise. Though. it didn't feel like a surprise, did it? You weren't shocked. Did were you? you
0: see it coming? Like
1: I, I saw, I saw a Swansea victory coming. I mean, as soon as I saw that defense, I just wasn't having it. Uh, by the way, I don't want to, I don't want to throw any blame on Kalinic either, just because that first goal was not his fault.
0: I don't know. I think the first goal was his weakest one. The first I one. thought he saved. I was right behind him. I thought he saved it, and it kind of squeezed through his legs. It was. Ugh. I mean, if if that happened to Nyland, he'd have been hammered.
1: Well, no, he almost the ball almost got sandwiched. Maybe, maybe, um, but the ball was almost sandwiched between him and the attacker. You know, you're looking uh, at the whole yeah. defence there who just let Baker Richardson run through them. You know, why has nobody had a touch on that ball before it's gotten there, right? And by the time it has, Kalinic yeah. is coming towards the ball. Baker Richardson's come towards the ball. Both of them have essentially, you know, tried to reach that one first. And, you know, the the, the 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 race is that tight. The ball becomes sandwiched between Nyland and Baker Richardson. And inevitably, you know, the ball bounces somewhere, doesn't it?
0: It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And goal, it just yeah. It
1: went over Kalinic. Um. So, there's that. But look, the, 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 the defence was poor. The defence poor. As soon as I saw that, I thought, mm. you know, we're going we're gonna to struggle. And the other thing I was thinking of was, well, Scott Hogan's playing up front right now. Um, why is he up? Why, if, I mean, if, if he was planning to play Hogan up front against Swansea, and I don't like criticising Dean Smith, but we have to. We have to be fair because obviously we did, you know, we, we did question Steve Bruce before as well. If you're starting, Steve, if you're starting Scott Hogan up front against Swansea City, who are a championship team and a strong championship team, why has he not been getting appearances off the bench consistently? Uh, you know, running up at this game. Why is it now all of a sudden you entrust him to to start up top? Same with Callum O'Hare. Why is he being thrown out into a cup game against Swansea City, having not been brought on against QPR, Preston, uh, Preston, Swansea City? I might be wrong if he didn't get brought on, but he I was, wasn't. No, he, he wasn't was, brought on. You know, certainly not for an extended period of time. So you've now just thrown them both on against Swansea City having not done any rotation and having handed with all due respect opportunities over to, to veteran players who have perhaps not performed as well as they should be or perhaps don't have the capacity to perform with their fullest ability because of that four-week stretch. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that was sort of my concern going into that anyway um, when I saw the team sheet. And ultimately Scott Hogan and Callum O'Hare, um, as much as they tried, Showed that clearly they weren't match ready because they haven't been getting those opportunities. I did. Yeah, I'm point. not
0: gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and kind of Scott Hogan didn't play well, but I'm not gonna criticize a bloke on his first start this season. <laughs> He's not played any football for Villa, like any meaningful football for Villa apart from that match, and he did have a re- he did have a few good chances. Um, he really did want that goal. Um, the second chance he had, it 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 was you know saves quite well. The first chance, it shouldn't he should have let it run to McGinn, and then we have a goal. Um, it's it's just annoying stuff like that. Kind of the you know the lack of cohesion and chemistry, and that's not going to come if the geezer isn't starting. Same with Calamo here. He just got in our he got in our way a lot, and he did do he did set up a lot of play. He did get a lot of things going for Villa, but he was kicked across the park. Kind of didn't know where his place in the team was that happens because he's not starting, and I mean, Dean Smith is clearly smarter than the pair of us and any, probably anyone listening to this podcast, he knows the Villa team probably more than us because it's his job to do so so these decisions, they have to they have been made by him for what would appear to be the right reasons but I'm not seeing it now because I like you said, Hogan and O'Hare coming straight into that game when there could have been rotation in the Christmas period to kind of bed them in it wasn't there, and we lost because not only did they not look uncomfortable, despite trying their best. Neil Taylor and James Bree were pretty bad at playing their positions, and it exposed a, a rookie centre back in uh, Alan Hutton. Yeah, it was it was just a mess. Alan Hutton, <laughs> Alan Hutton wasn't even the worst thing about that defence, which is the oddest thing. Sorry, Alan Hutton wasn't what? Sorry, the worst thing about that defence. No, it was just the fact that he was constantly <laughs> exposed. When you expose a center back a left-sided center back who is originally a right back you're going to have chaos
1: we're getting hammered it we're getting hammered at fullback and i think one of the yeah. things we really need to sort out in january is the fullbacks but i don't know how much money we have as a team genuinely um i've got no clue
0: when you consider the fact that the fullback look dean smith expects the fullbacks to be involved in the attacking play which is natural and i think under Steve Bruce, we were seeing more full defensive minded fullbacks rather than kind of wing backs, which we're seeing now. So they're expected to do a lot more. And if they haven't got the energy energy in attack to run back, we've got literally two centre backs in Glen Wheel and to defend the line.
1: El Hamidi and Neil Taylor are both those kinds of fullbacks. So's James Bree. He's also
0: a for like uh, an attacking fullback. Alan Hutton is as well arguably. Yeah, Alan Hutton's more winger than fullback, isn't he? He's a bloke just dribbles up the pitch with a reckless abandon. The fact is the positioning of all of these guys is awful. And also you don't try- they've, all, they've all been as bad as each other which is the, the worst thing you, you replace it and it looks good for one game it's a disaster the next. Absolutely. And seemingly,
1: James, this is another issue which I have. Seemingly, none, like they don't have any ability in the air. Like I mean in comparison to in comparison to opposition players like woeful in the air like Tan- Tanzibi's not not perfect in 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 that respect either. So you've got one maybe two center backs now in Elphick and Chester who who know how to deal with with set pieces but like Taylor do you do you trust him with set pieces? Alan Hutton I I don't but El I certainly don't. Yeah I we we've got to look for more complete full backs now. I re- really do think so
0: uh yeah we're we're really in the situation now, and Alan Hutton has had a lot of criticism off us and especially on social media when, you, when we're in a position where he's our best fullback, like this is no lie out, out, all the season we've seen Al come in and went oh he 's all right, and then he kind of drops off. Bree come in, and we was all excited about Bree, and he dropped a clang in that swansea match. Alan Hutton's probably been the most consistent
1: right, it's like, getting right
0: back it's and that's bad. Mate, it's getting to a point where I'm missing Ali Sissoko. Genuinely, Ali, Ali <laughs> Sissoko is a better,
1: better option than any one of these guys. And I remember people were ripping into him. You know, it's 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 it's, it's genuinely it is that bad right now because at least he was strong. You know, at least you you wouldn't trust people to to get past him every single time. I think that's that that's one of the issues we're having right now. You know, you know as well as I do, if a winger is dashing through. Um, you know, da- dashing down that right hand side, dashing down that left hand side, they are going to get past, and they're going to get that cross in one way or another. You and me both know that.
0: Yeah, and this sounds stupid, but it feels like we're too attack minded. Like uh, we've we've got Plan A and Plan B, which is either go wide or go narrow. Oh, which was clearly
1: attack. fine until Grealish got injured. But it's not going to work yeah. if your if your if your whole strategy is to play a defensive midfielder who let's be honest isn't going to keep things ticking um you know you, you we're, we're playing in a in in a in a system right now where we don't have any penetration so if we were going to play the way that we are right now we'd need to have stronger fullbacks just so you know we 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 can prevent uh being basically smashed around the pitch uh which which is which is what's happening right now um if we were able to keep the ball better it would be it would be fine as well but obviously, you know, even in the last few games, possession's not been going our way.
0: Yeah, we were beat, beat free, nil by Swansea. Disappointment to kind of leave the cup. The FA Cup game stands out to me, of all these games over the kind of the festive period, as the, the most gutting one. Really gutting. Mate, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. We are throwing away cup, uh, cup runs every single season. There's nothing wrong with a good cup run as well. There's nothing wrong with going on a cup run. Everyone says, oh, it's fine, but it's not fine because if you feel this bad about losing a cup game, you shouldn't be trying to lose them. And a big part of this isn't Dean Smith's tactics and it isn't, you know, playing the fullback so high. It's the fact that it seemed like, and I'm not going to question commitment, but it did seem like there wasn't that extra step in the game. Like, Swansea had the momentum for the entire game and, like, the fans weren't great. I'm going to say that as one of them. There was barely, you know, they were on their back. There was there was booing. Um, there wasn't much singing going on. And a lot of that does come from performances, don't get me wrong. But I think you have to kind of provide that platform of atmosphere as well. And that wasn't there. James, if you start, if you start a cup
1: game, if you start any game and you aren't showing full commitment, you aren't showing focus to the point where a team scores against you in the first 3 minutes and this is off the back of a poor run don't expect your fans to sit there them to stand there and get excited for you don't expect it you as players have a responsibility to entertain that crowd and what i saw there james what villa provided Against Swansea was a shambles, and it does not matter. I mean, you cannot, you cannot blame the fans for this whatsoever. Because I'm telling you, James, if I was there and that happened three minutes into me going into that game, I'm not sure I would have stood there and yelled at Villa in the top of my voice. Really, i am not sure if I'm being totally honest. You're right. It's
0: not necessary the loss. It's the the bravado, the showpiece, the spectacle. Like we we applaud Alan Hutton. Not because he's good, but because it looks like he's trying his best. He's throwing in everything. And the same goes for John McGinn as well. John McGinn's fantastic, though. That's the difference. But John McGinn and Alan Hutton look look like they're working. And that was the same for Henry Lansbury when he came on. He came on and looked like he was hustling. And that, that means a lot to the fans. And I think if they see that from players, regardless, you could be 5-0 down. And if the players are trying and looking like they're trying, or even if, if they're playing bad and looking like they're trying, the fans will back them and the fans will make them into cult heroes, even if they're crap. And that's, that's what's important, isn't the result. It isn't going down 1-0 in three minutes. It's looking like you're trying. And getting beaten on the book, like Codger in a domer, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go in hard on a domer because he took a, it looked like an injury really early on. He was limping around. He was kept on for, I think, the entire game. So he was off, his, off the pace the entire game the second ball is getting beaten to the second ball and it's giving up and not sticking a leg out and that happened to most villa players where if they stuck their leg out they would have got the ball it was just that that bit of spark that that's there it's there in the league games mate villa try hard in the league games well, but it wasn't there in that cup game
1: they do they do i mean villa do try hard in the league games they're very good at coming back recently i've seen that but but this is one of the issues this is genuinely one of the issues that i've seen over the last you know last few games is Villa look poor. They look, they look, you know, awful. They can't, can't get anything away. As soon as the, as soon as the opposition scores, oh, all of a sudden, right? There's this spark. Where it's like, oh, we need to score a goal. We need to get back into this. I said, hang on a second. Where was this ten minutes ago? Before we were a goal down. That's what I've been seeing recently, and that's something I really dislike. As I mean, it's something that we saw under Steve Bruce to some degree as well. But it's like, start the game on the front foot that's That's what Villa needs to be doing, and that's what we saw immediately when Dean Smith did take charge at the club. What I'm worried about right now is that attitude creeping back in, and that's one of the challenges that Dean Smith has has as a manager. he's got to pick up this team from you know that 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 attitude that uh, that existed in the Steve Bruce where it's almost like a half fastness uh it really needs to make sure that doesn't creep back in and and I, I've just been seeing that in recent
0: weeks. We haven't been able to take the front foot. You know what I mean? I can't disagree at all. I think, and Dean Smith looked like angry. The first time I've ever seen him look angry in his post-match press, you know, when he speaks to AVTV. And it's really quiet as well, that you need to turn the audio full up to hear his uh, post-match interview. But he looked angry. The the, the absolute spotless coverage from from (laughs) AVTV. He looked angry. And he said, you know, when we come back to training on Monday, we're going to have in, we're going to be interviewing these players we're going to be going through the analysis and debriefing cuz i need some questions answered really yeah he he, he want he's, yeah, what he said he's going through the footage of the performances of certain players you know he referred to certain players and said that this is going to be debriefed and i want questions answered so it's not like he doesn't know he can't go this is a thing about managers look, Steve Bruce had his faults, but there are times early in his reign, like October twenty sixteen, was it? You know, quite literally when he just joined when Villa were playing poorly. They play you know, they they drop they drop a goal. The guy can't go on the pitch. Dean Smith is the same. He cannot go onto the pitch. He cannot go onto the pitch. There's only there's only two yeah. points on match day where he gets to speak to that team. Oh sorry, three points. One is before the game, the second is half time, and the third is after the game. Three points where he's almost ineffectual. The best thing he can do is do what he's doing and analyse. He shows the clips at half time. He briefs the team before the game and he shouts at them after. That's it. You know, if they're not gonna put the extra effort in, that's on them. And that you know, he's gonna know that now. He's he's gonna see the fact that Henry Lansbury come on and did a better job of than anyone in that midfield bar John McGinn. He did a better game any than anyone on mm. the pitch. I don't know if Alan Hutton's gonna come in for much criticism from him, because Alan Hutton is just Alan Hutton, the guy runs, he he ain't the best player. And he's a he's a bit of a liability, but the dude just doesn't give up, despite the fact he can't do much.
1: The thing with Alan Hutton is right. You put him in a you put him in a proper like decent defense, and he's actually he's actually all right. Genuinely, he's, he's a good option there. You know, if if the if the, if the defense is well balanced, I got a problem with Alan Hutton. You go Hutton, Chester, ZB Taylor. You know, eight out of ten times is going to be
0: all right, isn't he? Yeah, that's the thing, but. Dean Smith's team relies so much on the fullback. It does rely on Neil mm. Taylor and Alan Hutton having a ten out of ten each time, and we're just weak without it, which is horrible. It's a horrible situation to be in when Neil Taylor and Alan Hutton are your two key players now. Like, I know, like, the, you mate, know. I really want, I really, I really want Rico Henry to, to, to come That's in. That's a man. Dean Smith man. That's what I'd like to do. He's a Dean Smith man, so uh, you know I can see that happening. I think we'll talk more transfers on Sunday. Um, but man, Swansea 3, Villa nil, home at Villa Park, Villa at the FA Cup. I'm going to need, I don't know how we're going to do this. I'm going to need a match ball from you for this. Um, <laughs> um, Who can I give this to? Who could I
1: possibly give this to? Okay, uh, I'll say John McGinn. I mean, for the very least for, you know, uh, trying to hold that midfield together by himself. Uh, I I think he's the only guy who really can, I really can give this match ball to. I guess yeah, it's hard
0: in a loss. We haven't really done it after a loss. It's pretty tough. Um mine goes to Henry Lansbury. I think uh, what for yeah, okay. Really impressed, enough. really impressed, and I think the guy has he's gonna be he has to feature in the next league game. He, he was picking out passes, no one was seeing. No one. Not even Swansea. True. Yeah. Guy's a wizard. Can't believe I'm saying that about Henry Lansbury. I thought he was done. Uh, there we are. Um, we've got to come together for one as well. Uh a few names. Uh O'Hare. Um I, Ho- I don't want to say Hogan. Kalinic. Oh, it's, it's it's difficult to pick someone we haven't already picked <laughs> for, for this game. Hogan was getting, was getting in positions. I don't think you can give him the match ball. Um, or... um
1: Elphick? <laughs> you sound Had so unsure. Did... Mate, I don't know. It's really, really difficult. Uh, should we
0: genuinely is should difficult. Should we give it to uh, either McGinn or Lansbury again? Because we... No. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? Or should we just say no one gets it because no one deserved it?
1: Can we give it to... Give it to Callum O'Hare for like... Actually... Coming in there and, and attempting to hold that midfield together, but then no, he didn't really
0: do it, did he? He'd probably look the mm-hmm. best in in that midfield, like in attacking wise. Who? You were at the yeah. game over ninety minutes. Who put in the most effort? <laughs> do you think? Who really? Well, effort doesn't translate to good footballing play because if you ask me for that, Alan Hutton's gonna get it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean. Let's give it to Alan Hutton then, because I don't. No,
0: we're not giving it to Alan Hutton. I don't know. He way. wasn't good. No, he he was just standing when when he wasn't able to react to the passes being bounced around him. He just doesn't have that that like, in his game. He's a, a one. He's a one on one man. You know what I mean? When they're passing around him, he's got no chance. I'll give it oh. to Heenan Davis for the cameo, return of the Mac. <laughs>
1: no, you can't do that. I'm, I'm I'm this is tough. This is really tough, mate. How did Whelan do before coming off? They're... Not very well. Let's give it to Callum O'Hare then for at least like sparking a couple of things and being like one of the you know I thought him and I thought him and him and Hogan did give it a go. It just wasn't you know it was a shame that you know there wasn't much more experience from their side to to really do anything, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think if you're going to ask me who impressed me, I think Callum O'Hare. It wasn't like the best game for him, but that goes for every single player on that pitch. But Algarzy, O'Hare, Hogan—they at least tried to make things happen. And Hogan dropped off, but O'Hare didn't really. And he—he he did look like a boy playing against men, and that's to do with the—he hasn't had senior football like Jack Grealish had. You know, it's just his size, um, he's the nature that he's played in reserve and under twenty-three fixtures for the entirety of his career. But he he did impress, and he got the Dean Smith was booed when he brought him off. Yeah, and I'd still, I'd still, I'd still start him over Whelan against Wigan. So yeah, I thought I did think O'Hare would come in for Grealish like straight, like a straight swap, but that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to be looking at that now. I think we do need to be saying there was some promise there. I don't, he didn't have the best game. He had like a five out of ten game, but there's a lot of promise yeah. in what he's displaying, and he was exciting, and he did look like the player most likely to make something happen. And he was the only player not, not cross When we when took him off, him off, our game plan kind of changed. Don't get me wrong, we were crossing it to Hogan all the time. But with O'Hare there, we were trying to kind of get into the box um, naturally, narrowly. So, you know, we could play on the floor. This is prime Ashley Westwood syndrome.
1: You don't know what I mean by this. This is prime what? Ashley Westwood syndrome. You can very safely justify... Playing, uh, and by the way, I love Hurahan and McGinn. I totally believe that they should be starting. You can very easily justify picking Glen Whelan over Callum O'Hare because he does the simple things well. He doesn't misplace passes generally. Uh, he works. He tries to. He tries to work. You know, hard enough. And uh, at, at, at the very least, he can. You can. You know, play. V- he can keep um, Hoorahan and keep McGinn happy, leaves them a little bit more freed up. But what the real brave decision would be is to instead say, no, we go with this young player. We go with Callum O'Hare, who perhaps isn't all there. He's a little bit rough, but could spark something, but could be that one key to opening up a side that otherwise isn't going to get opened up. And that's what I mean when I say that. I think we we've got a little bit of Ashley Wishwood syndrome coming on with uh, with 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 Glenn Whelan, and I feel as though Dean Smith needs to take the risk and take away the safe and tidy, and bring in the rough and ready. And that's what I believe we need to do right now. And that's why I think Callum O'Hare should be starting instead of Whelan against Wigan.
0: For sure um uh, Terry Lansbury again impressed me but he's already had a match ball but i think you know villa can rotate now they've got Biannson o'hare and lansbury in the wings you're waiting in the wings for appearances there should be there shouldn't be any more excuse um i do think dean smith he needs a pre-season to actually put his ideas to the team mm-hmm. you know he had a baptism of fire mate and he's come through that like, unscathed i will say villa have only lost you know if this is a bad run and we're looking at this and criticizing this as a bad Bad run of fixtures since that two-two West Brom draw. Mm. We've lost one game in ten in the league, and that was Leeds. Yeah, in the last minute. So our next loss was the cup game. Yeah. So I'm not going to take that and go there. You know what I mean? I'm not going to take that and dismiss that. Villa have drawn <laughs> games; they would have lost under I... Steve Bruce. I'm guaranteeing you.
1: We drew 2 all with QPR, who are in the form of their lives at the moment. So, And we, we did that on a bad run. So we, as poor form Aston Villa, got a 2 all draw with QPR. It's, that's good. That's good. But you can't deny, James, that things are getting serious right now. And if we don't get into the playoffs, fans are going to be very unhappy. You can't deny that.
0: No, I think Dean Smith's early success has been his worst enemy. Because when he joined, I don't think, I think the season was a right off to most. And yeah. now, when when we went on that winning run, people were thinking top two, we can get that. Then we lost against the Leeds and thinking people were thinking playoffs. It's a difficult season, this one is. It's going to be a difficult season. He needs um, an injection in a transfer window. And coming on to the next point then, mm. losing Tammy Abraham. If that happens, that would be Villa can replace him easily, mm. you can get Maupoy from Brentford, you can get, H- you got Hogan and Codger and Keenan Davis. They're not, the look, they ain't the same type of player as Tammy Abraham, but if you want a striker, you can get a striker. Losing Tammy Abraham and 16 goals he scored. Oof. Yeah, it's a big blow. It is a big blow. Um,
1: I don't want to go too much of the legalities of it because, um, you know, just I don't know, but you can't tell me that it's, it's not fair, is it? That, Chelsea basically end his loan to send him off to another team.
0: The way it works is Aston Villa didn't have much chance of securing Abraham on loan. Thus, they offered Tammy Abraham and Chelsea to pay more his wages in full and extra on top. So, while Abraham is at Villa instead of Chelsea, he's getting paid more per week. Yeah. If that makes sense, Villa are paying more on top yeah. of his wages. Yeah. You can only you can register for as many clubs as you like, I think, but you can only play for two. Like that happened with Hatton Bernartha. He plays in Newcastle reserves. He joins Hull on loan. Messes up there. Goes back to Newcastle. Newcastle can't cancel his contract. Then he tries to join Nice. FIFA say no, you can't play for three clubs in any one season. The trouble with that is, it's over two different countries. Like that, that happens. At Abraham's is in the single country. It's between Chelsea, Wolves, and Aston Villa. So it's in the FA. It's completely up to the FA, as far as I've read. That all they will need is is to ask FIFA. We've made the decision. Are you okay with it? And they'll likely say yes.
1: I think it's awful that Wolves are trying to bully this one out of Aston Villa, though. It's quite it's quite bad to think about it that way, but you know. If you think about it, the fact that that their prime But their their prime transfer target right now is Somebody that they may not get on a legality. I can't remember the last time a Premier League club decided to do that, decided to basically rip one lone player off another team. And if that happens, James, it sets a bad precedent. It sets a really bad precedent, because then most you know then more championship teams, you know uh, are going are gonna to look at players like that and think, "Well, hang on a second. We can't secure this player on loan. We can't get him for the whole season because who knows what might happen if they perform well, right? And then all it means is that y- y- young players stop getting opportunities at, uh, at clubs. Sending players out on loan to the championship is a really important thing. It means that, um, that 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 young players with with promise are getting game time every every single week, right? And and I I just think that. For Tammy Abraham's own career, going up to Wolves, I do think he's ready for the Premier League. I absolutely do. But I mean, one, I don't think they suit his style. And two, there's no guarantee that he gets opportunities there, um, especially not on loan. So there's that. But I, I will move on to another point and say that I don't think Villa can complain. You know, it's a loan deal at the end of the day. They should be able to loan somebody else in. Um, and also, we've got Codger and Hogan, who should theoretically be doing the job.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, they've been paid too much not to do that job. Exactly. Here's the thing well, with Tammy Abraham, mate. Why pay a player more? You could loan a player, like, and pay him just the wages. Why loan a player, pay him extra than he's getting paid at Chelsea and not strive to ensure there's a, there's not a recall clause in there? A recall clause doesn't have to be in every single loan deal. It can be struck out. Yeah, That's why Sunderland lost out to Lewis Grabben. Because Bournemouth were going to sell him, this situation. Villa have been benefited from this exact situation, and look, they've they've recalled Jed Steer and Tommy Alfick. So this is they've done this to other clubs. Oh yeah. But why going back to Abraham? Why would you pay a player more when there's every there's no guarantee that you keep him? Well, this is weak transfer. That's ridiculous. That stands it's to weak. me It's ridiculous, mate. It's weak. It's as weak as uh, as
1: Paul Lambert with Fabian Delph, um, and it's. It's it's very similar in that sort of sense. I I I hate. I hate that this club has had a history of basically just setting up deals which do not suit us. It's awful, you know? Yeah, Tammy Abraham's been the best player in the championship, but we could have got somebody else. And now, you know, it just goes to show, doesn't it? Steve Bruce left that squad in an absolute state. It's in an absolute state. It's shambolic. You know, it is shambolic. We should not have started the season the way that we did with that team. And then to kind of, I think it's only just come out now. We only know about this now. To to, to put something like that in, in in Tammy Abraham's contract, you know, it's, it just sets us up for, for for more embarrassment, doesn't it? Now, if Tammy Abraham goes to Wolves, good luck to him. Fine, whatever. We have to sort it out. But I think the, the bottom line is January has to be a big month for Aston Villa. I don't care what anybody says. Work with the squad, I get that, but it has to be a big month. And I think that, you know, Pitark has a lot of work cut out for him. A
0: lot of work. Yeah, it's going to be tough, mate. Um, there's no real rumours of note. Um, there's obviously the Neil Maupoy one, which I don't know if I'm saying, am I saying his name right? Um, Brentford Stryker? Yeah, mope Mope. Yeah. Mope. Um, bit of a aggressive player, but that, again, the type of player Villa probably need, and he's more similar to Scott Hogan, which brings the point. Is it pointless buying him? I don't know. Courtney Howe's deal, um, centre back from Wolves. Villa ain't gonna pay over the odds for him, so they won't get him, which is probably the kind of transfer acumen we need right now. And but again, I just go back to Sammy Abraham.
1: No, we don't. We don't need. To. We shouldn't be paying over the odds for a for a centre back who hasn't been playing any. Anything. No,
0: and a a lot of no. fans are like, "Why well, would we do that?" He's a he's a decent enough player, not well, just because he ain't playing for Wolves doesn't mean he's crap. James Chester didn't feature for West Brom, so he... he's played four games since last season, though. So you know, yeah, I'm um, James Chester played 13 of the entire season for West Brom. It's no it's no judge on his his ability to not play for a good team, you know, in, in Wolves. Um, but to lose him to West Brom, it's meaningless. Filler shouldn't pay over the shouldn't pay more than their valuation. They shouldn't get dragged into these deals like they were. They should do less of what they did with Abraham. If Abraham wasn't going to come, if Chelsea weren't going to release Abraham unless we paid more, you know, gave a bonus to the player, then we'll just find someone else. It's simple. It's just it's, it's it's as thing. simple as that.
1: Courtney House doesn't, 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 you know, suit Wolves. I mean, he's, he's not there for, I mean, he's, they're not going to play him, right? Let's be honest. Santo's not going to give him opportunities. He's 23 years old. He's played for, you know, uh, for, for England, England youth teams. He needs football. Let him go. You know, it's as simple as that, uh, and I I don't know. I I know Wolves are very very good at negotiating things, and they're just not going to let anything go, which is like fair enough, on, I guess, on their part. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, if it's not him, it should be somebody else. You know, uh, we we can't uh, we we can't do what Steve Bruce did and get held to ransom on one player. There has to be other options that we're looking at, and I'm sure there is. You know, but it's like what happened last time with Scott McKenna; he wouldn't sign. So we were ultimately left with two centre backs at the start of the season. Difficult. Uh, we we can't we can't be chasing after Courtney House or January. And like we said before, targets must have been looked at before January. Um, I'm sure Dean Smith will be sorting that out now that uh, there is uh, not so much of a tough run
0: um, as as there was two weeks ago. So the only other bit of transfer news is that Ross McCormack has moved to Motherwell on loan. Um any surprise there? I could not care less about Ross McCormack. <laughs> well, I don't I, I don't yeah I, yeah, I don't know what you want me to say James. <laughs> no, I forgot I, I he's got a whole year <laughs> left on his contract. Yeah. I mean look,
1: he should have been he should have been An absolutely wicked signing. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was his relationship with Steve Bruce that ultimately led to his decline. But, uh, I mean, uh, Fulham fans said that they saw it coming as well. I don't know how we ended up paying that kind of money for him. And I don't know how we managed to basically turn him from a -a 20-goal-a-season striker to, well, (laughs) a league standard essentially. His biggest achievement over the last two years is playing up front with Usain Bolt.
0: <laughs> I think that's the end of that one then, mate. Um, Villa have got an actual league game coming up um, on Saturday against Wigan. Um, I believe we beat them earlier in the season under Steve Bruce. Um, we go to their place, the DW Stadium. They have got one win in 13 games. If you think Villa's bad, poor form is bad, they've been they've been kicked across the championship by Taylor. Like, They've lost to West Brom yesterday in the Cup. Sheffield United, West Brom in the league. Bakary Sacco, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham in, in the league. Ipswich in the league. Paul Lambert's Ipswich have beat them. They've been torn from pillar to post. <laughs> and they've um no, they've nosedived. They were d- doing all right at the start of the season. But you think, it looks like things aren't working out for them. They're, they're uh, 20th place. They're a point above Rotherham. They're dropping like stones. Um, that should be this should be a win. This is not Preston. Preston are a, theoretically. Preston are a fairly decent team, and um, they lacked a lot. You know, I think one of the dangerous sides you can face is a team that's beleaguered, not in terms of results, but in terms of personnel, because they've really got to pull together and get a result despite injuries. Like Preston had to do. Wigan are just playing poorly, mm. and I think you have to go up there and beat them. Now you have to go up north and beat a team in its own stadium for once.
1: Yeah, it has to be done. I think uh, the the one bright spark in their team has been maybe Reese James and Nick Powell, I guess as well has been has been has been okay.
0: Yeah, I guess Nick Powell's a decent a um, player, as we all know. Um, definitely a Premier League player. I think it's odd. It's so odd that he's still playing for Wigan. I just can't get that. No disrespect to them, but I don't <sighs> think Nick Powell's good enough for the Premier League anymore. I mean, maybe not if you Brighton. Came... Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe um, Brighton Palace Huddersfield. I think he'll, he'll definitely play for those teams. Yeah, you probably would work for those kinds of teams.
1: Actually, you're you're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, I don't see a lot of threat from Wigan, but again, you know those kinds of players. You know, uh, your Nick Powell's are the types that that tend to do well against Aston Villa. is spirited, you know. English players. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 that, that's the type that do well. And they do play quite like a compact system as well. Uh, I think they, they tend to play with Jacobs and Burner. and they have got the pace of Will Grig, which uh you, you wouldn't be surprised to sort of see kind of run through our defense. But you know, with with uh, with, with Elphick and Chester maybe back together as a pairing, maybe they'll be able to stop that. Um yeah, I guess they've got a very sort of young and I I think it's the furthest from solid you can ever say but they've got a very young you know pretty footballing midfield Wigan hopefully uh we see John McGinn essentially hound them that's what I am expecting to see and I think this is the perfect perfect game to line somebody like Callum O'Hare out in that midfield or Lansbury I think one of them needs to play against Wigan and if we're going to rotate it has to be against Wigan I can't see us ruining this game. As poor as we've
0: been, I cannot see anything other than a victory for Villa. Well, pass accuracy. This is no great stat, but I like to look at terms of impact. You know, usually when you've lost a game, it's because you've been a poor pass, and Villa have been crap at passing recently. Villa's pass accuracy across the season has been 80% completely passes. Wigan have got 70%, which is awful. That is really bad. That is die- that's card- Cardiff levels, mate. They, they've they got a, a B-rate team. um. The players should be doing better. Nick Powell, Josh Windows, they're good. these are good, good players and they're not performing very, that well. And um, the team is sinking. That has to be a win for Villa. It has to be mm. a win. But again, it's one that's going to end in a draw, isn't it? It's one that's... <laughs> you're looking at it, it's, it's like... When you say it's a win, it's usually a draw. And when you think Villa are going to draw, they're going to win. That's the, that's the most annoying thing. No, we'll win this. And I, you know, you know
1: you how pessimistic I am.
0: You're not that pessimistic. Come off it. You're all right. Um, we, yeah, You know, I can't look past a win. Villa have had injuries, but there looks to be a lot of hope now. Henry, Henry Lansbury look good. O'Hare look good. The team just needs to gel. Settle. Alpha needs to settle into the back four. We do need reinforcements. I don't know if we need another centre-back, but we definitely well, I mean, if you're buying a first-team centre-back, why not? Someone who you could argue is better than James Chester. If that's on the cards, and go for it. Um, full-backs, yes, but they ain't going to come in before this game, I don't think, especially that Courtney Harris deal, kind of on the rocks. And Tammy Abraham might not be starting. He won't. Is, uh, I, I don't think Tammy Abraham is going to play another game. No, I mean, the proof in the pudding will be tomorrow. So we will be recording on Sunday, releasing on Sunday. If Tammy Abraham isn't at Villa's training tomorrow, he's gone to wolves yeah he's not he's not going to play another
1: game i don't think do you know what i'm gonna, can i just throw something out there yeah if jack grealish is fit right i'd play keenan davis that's that's what i'd like to see i just i just want to i just want to say that and yeah if 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 jack grealish is fit i want to see keenan davis in there because heck if we're gonna, if we're not going to sign another striker we need to start preparing that's the whole reason Scott Hogan yeah. basically started against um started against Swansea in my opinion. It was that panic over Tammy Abraham. Otherwise we would have seen Scott Hogan coming off the bench more often. That's what I believe.
0: Yeah. Well, uh we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um but I think that's it for this uh edition of the whole cast. We'll be back after the Wigan game, mate. I just need your prediction for the game to close off on. Um
1: 2 0. 2 0 Villa against Wigan. Bear in mind I said three I'd said we'd lose two one to Swansea. So um, I'm not being really confident here. Outside, at, at outside at at full strength, and you know, playing their hearts out would beat Wigan four or five nil.
0: It'll be two I think nil. it'll be a one nil win. Do you reckon? Yeah, you go for two or nil. Yeah, I'll go for one nil. Okay. Um, that's it, man. I think. Uh, any final thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah. I guess I I just I don't know what we're what what our finances are like heading into January, but. I just I just I think we've got so much work to do like more than any other side like if we if we really are serious about trying to get promoted you know we need to sort this out because our squad depth is is absolutely woeful um that's yeah it's pretty much what what I have to say
0: and the next two uh, transfer windows have to be nailed but we'll bring you news from this one as we get it so we'll we'll join you after villa play wigan this saturday hopefully we get three points i think it'll be good to kind of kick off the there with those first those first three points of the new year. So yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Hope you had a good uh, intro to 2019 and we'll see you soon, guys. Goodbye.